Hey gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Welcome to level 16 of the Sandbox Gamers Podcast. We're the number one gaming podcast on the Geek So To Speak Podcast Network. Thanks so much for joining us. We're your video game podcast where three vidiots meet weekly to talk about what we're playing and what's in the news. So thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host with the most, Wonder Rob, coming at you live. Well, semi-live from Southern California and on the line with me are two of my best friends in the metaverse. The always happy factor. Yeah. And the always angry Jeff W. He's not always happy. He <laughs> talks to me on the reg. Happy, oh. happy dance, dance. Happy, happy dance. <laughs> so, a little fun game for you listeners. How many Sesame Street references will Vector make in this one episode? If you. Here's what you do. You count them all. And then when you think you have your answer, submit your answer to us via <laughs> a review on Apple Podcast <laughs> or Spotify. Type out how many references Factor makes in this episode, and every single one of you will get a special shout-out. But the person who gets the number correct first will get a special prize. That's right. What's the prize? I don't know. But it could, it's probably great. Either way, the important part here is that you leave us a nice review. Because we are a brand new podcast, after all. Sure, we're part of the ever-popular, probably the most popular podcast network there is, Geek So To Speak podcast. Uh, just the other day, Joe Rogan was asking to join, and we said, Joe, you look like a henchman in an Arkham game. <laughs> so you're not going to be in our podcast network. But even still, a nice review would go a long way. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And hit subscribe, too, while you're at it. So, yeah. like I mentioned, we're a new video game podcast, and because we're new, before we get into all the video game news, before we talk about Sony's state of play, before we talk about this little indie game that people are talking about, Call of Duty, <laughs> before we talk about the games we played this week, we'd like to do a little get-to-know-you sesh. That way you fall in love with us the way we've already fallen in love with you. And if you're a loyal listener, you know. I don't like to read these questions ahead of time. I like to be surprised. That way you get a genuine reaction and answer out of me. And this week's question is, tell us about the first time you ever played online multiplayer while playing video games. <laughs> yeah. Excellent question. Excellent <laughs> question. You know what? Uh, let's go with Vactor. I'm going to go with Vactor first. Tell us about the first time you played online multiplayer while playing video games yeah i remember it well because first my very first experience not multiplayer but just online was the dreamcast it had a dial-up modem and i plugged it in actually you know what maybe it was multiplayer now that i think about it because it was an nba 2k game so i must have been playing somebody i wasn't playing the computer online so, yeah, actually, now that I think about it, it was the Dreamcast um, and that NBA 2K game. But 
the more memorable one, which is the one I was actually going to mention, was Xbox Live. And I was in the beta program for Xbox Live. It was a big deal. I was in Hawaii, and I had the original Xbox, and it came with a, a disc. They shipped it in the mail. came with a T-shirt. I still have that T-shirt. And it talks about me having big hands or something. I don't know what it <laughs> says, but some Jeez. some joke. And I was like, I was really proud that I got in the beta, and I was in the first for Xbox Live. And now Xbox Live has become such a vital part of my gaming life. Uh, but I rem- I just remember that beta experience being very very um, warm, very very cuddly, very loving, and it was like. I really love I think that's maybe where my love for Xbox started was um the combination of number 1 Halo and then number 2 Xbox Live. So those two things together and it was a shell of what it became because there wasn't, you know, barely anything you could do, barely anybody was online, especially in the beta. But once it rolled out to the whole country and I was playing online, I remember my dad walking in the room, "Hey, what are you doing, boy?" You got <laughs> You got some keys in there? Hey, what are you playing, boy? You, what are you playing? So it's like he's that here. Was a, right? That was a great... Hey, Rob, come take my picture. So that was a great experience for me. That's a little inside joke between Rob and my dad. But yeah. um, that was Xbox Live for sure. And then that's where I met Jeff. That's where mm-hmm. I met a whole bunch of people. Xbox Live to this day, is still my favorite online gaming service. So that was my initial jump into the online multiplayer pool was Xbox Live. Wow. Nice walk down memory lane. What about you, Jeff? Huh? You're a little, you're a little new to the online scene. I think uh, just us playing Evil Dead was probably oh, your first. Yeah, was yeah. First I was going to see Halo right. Infinite. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I kid. I'm being facetious. <laughs> Jeff, tell us about your first online experiences. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about it while Vector was going on about Xbox Live. I, th- I think I'm trying to think because it's got to be, you know, uh, it's 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 one of a couple games. I'm trying to think of what would have come before the other. Um, there would have been the first time I think for myself at the house having anything ever hooked up or going to a friend's house and hooking something up to online probably would have been that SOCOM game for the PlayStation 2 oh, because I had the uh, the brick that came in the back right yes. and you could you could plug that in and play that online so I think that might have been and it's funny like my recollection of that game is not like I have no recollection of how uh, how well that performed or anything like that uh but I remember being that being an early on, like like oh okay like you can you know this is how you can know you could do this without having somebody next to you. Um, but you know obviously the the real stuff came with with Xbox Live. I, I'd say uh, my real true experience though would have been like Halo Two. Uh, that's when it really kicked off. That's when it was like all right you know got broadband in the house. You know all my friends are getting on here. And then you you know you have you build up your friends list and all that stuff. Um, I also would say my one of my first exposures to online games would have been um, it would have been a family. I was sta- I was at a relative's and I was 
you know, you're just friends with it. That's when, like, kids used to play outside. So, like, you know, we would all, all the kids on the block knew each other. Now they don't play outside. But uh, there was a kid that had, uh, it had to have been a Diablo game. Uh, and I don't know, it was one of the game. it had to be maybe two, like, around the time when it first came out. And I remember him showing us, you know, the online. So that might have been, like, my first actual exposure to, like, oh, you play, like, with other people, you know, like, like I'm aware of, like, Counter-Strikes, but, like, that was, like, the first time where I actually had sat down and, like, you know, clicked around and, like, interacted with people on, like, a, uh, on a multiplayer game on, on the PC. Um, I was a big yeah. SOCOM fan. That was one, the, the way that we played Call of Duty, Jeff, and Halo, that's how I used mm-hmm. to play SOCOM uh, with another buddy of mine. It would every day we would get yeah. on SOCOM. And, and that just, was just SOCOM. It was not a numbered sequel, I don't think, right? Uh, I think that I played, was I think it was the first one. Yeah, the first the movie. very first one was, was the one I have the most memories of. SOCOM two mm-hmm. I don't have as many memories. Um but that was a great experience. I yeah. I thought the game played well and it was a good like a predecessor to what became Call of Duty. Yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, that's probably my first time. Man, I that's haven't thought it. about SOCOM in so long. <laughs> oh yeah, and that, that big so brick gone. online <laughs> adapter for the PS2. Yeah. I had forgot about that. Mm-hmm. SOCOM was good, man. Uh, for me, probably dating myself a little bit here. The first two memories come to mind. One, I believe I've talked about at length in a previous get to know you discussion so i'll only mention it briefly but one of my very first online multiplayer experiences was in high school playing duke nukem 3d Ooh, okay. over the modem you would call another person's house the computer would pick up and do the bing, 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 buzz <laughs> and you would play one-on-one matches against each other co-op or versus and I had some good times. Bitch, I had some good times. Bitch, I had some good times playing Duke Nukem 3D. But my real online multiplayer experience that was very first, the very first for me, dipping my toes, was before Xbox, before anything else, there used to be, I don't know what the proper term, I don't want to say internet cafes. But there were places you could go where they would have, maybe it was an internet cafe, where they'd have PCs all lined up and you would like pay to use it for, you know, so many hours. And me and my buddy from high school, his name was Brent, we would go there and we would play Battlefield 1942. Oh, yeah. Online, on the PC. And it was, there was no chat, you know, it was all text on the screen. There was no voice chat. And I didn't know anything about pc online multiplayers you had to find the server you had to like what's my ping oh my ping is too high <laughs> what's what's ping does it have anything why is to do it 500 pong? yeah i thought higher would be better yeah. <laughs> and they'd have like what was that that energy drink it might not exist anymore but it came in a blue bottle it was like balls or something like that oh uh, it was like a bumpy blue bottle yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. get some balls and let's play some yeah. battlefield <laughs> <laughs> Man, those were the days and it's just some poorly lit uh, internet cafe. But we used to go there all the time. 
every weekend we would go and just stay there all day and play video games, man. Those were the days. Those were the days. And that was my first foray into the online gaming. What about your first foray into the online gaming, listeners? Why don't you tell us in a review on Apple Podcasts? Just put it in there. A few words isn't going to hurt. And plus, you'll get a special shout-out on the show. So thank you. Thank you. That was a good discussion. Whoever thought of that, kudos to whoever made that question. Speaking of kudos, it's time to get into the weekly video game news. So, Vactor, tell us what's been going on this week. Well, you're never going to believe this, but GameStop employees have walked out (laughs) telling customers, telling gamers to shop elsewhere. This happened in Lincoln, Nebraska, one of the busiest malls around, Gateway Mall in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, They left a sign on the door saying, attention GameStop patrons, we we regret to inform you that we all quit. Uh, The district manager has no respect for us employees as employees or as human beings. Um, And then they gave a list of other video game stores and their locations. Spend your money at, at an establishment that respects its employees. Sincerely, former GameStop team. So somebody went and printed this up and posted it on the door. Where did they get the printer from? Maybe they brought it from home. I don't know. But <laughs> I'm sure they got a printer back there somewhere back there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I actually worked at GameStop for a short while here in Arizona, and I worked at Game Crazy as well. And we didn't have any printers, but uh, this was national news that some GameStop employees were quite upset, and they all walked out overworked and understaffed. Louise, I can tell you it must it must be hell working at a GameStop. Personally, yeah. I I rarely, if at all, ever shop at a GameStop. If I ever set foot through those doors, it's not to buy a video game or to trade a video game anymore because I've gone all digital, baby. But you know that. On occasion, I'll go in there just to see what collectibles they got. Where I feel like I got an empty space on my shelf. Maybe I need a Miles Morales action figure to put up but despite that even when i go in just to buy some sort of collectible the person behind the counter still says do you want to up uh, do you want to go ahead and get the game crazy uh, GameStop card <laughs> do you want to put insurance on this uh, this toy that you're buying are you sure like yes, I don't need a, I don't need anything. Thank you very much. I can only imagine what it's like having to ask that every single person. Right. I still have nightmares on occasion <laughs> about the days when Vector and I were working at GameStop. I could just it, <laughs> or Game Crazy. See, they're interchangeable to me. It's all the same, but yeah. this is just one in another line of stories of these particular this this particular chain, this retail chain, where they're just going down the tubes, man. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. I it's just I don't particularly like GameStop, and yeah. I probably will continue to not particularly like. And you you guys didn't have to push magazines when you guys worked at Game Crazy, right? That was not. No, we had to part of that. No, actually, no. I think we did. I, did I they have I, a I magazine? Just, it wasn't Game Informer, but it was some other magazine. 
Game Crazy partnered with a magazine, but I don't remember what magazine it was. It might have been EGM. Yeah. Or oh. something. Or Game I feel Pro. like they would have made or, that or Game move, Pro. considering yeah, considering Informer was yeah, the GameStop. I do recall baby or that. Whatever. Yeah, Game yeah, Informer they, is all them. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I vaguely remember having to do that, but they definitely were making us push those cards to every single person, especially if people traded in a bunch of games. It was essentially swindling people into giving us 20 bucks for nothing. And yeah. I didn't enjoy it, and I don't enjoy thinking about it, and I don't enjoy thinking about any GameStop <laughs> employees. So if you, listener, are a GameStop employee, just quit, man. There's plenty of <laughs> other places. Yeah. You can get save a job, your, your and probably soul, you know. that would pay you better. So that's my two yeah. cents. You know, I think the more embarrassing part of this story um, is how much, <laughs> like, so the in the, in the interview, Kotaku got an interview with the guy with the manager that quit with the employees. He was making, um, so he was making seventeen an hour, which is you know. Uh, respectable. I'm not gonna like shit on somebody for you know making that amount of money or whatever. That's you know you could you could pay rent with that. It's not terrible. Um, but then <laughs> you find out that the people under him were only making nine dollars an hour, which you know I'm not assuming that these people have families. I'm assuming I'm gonna assume they're like kids and like you know kind of are just looking for their first job or like doing some side work here. But uh, yeah, yikes at the fact that you're only making that to put up with those people coming into that store in that mall, the garbage that you have to deal with, and you're only getting nine an hour. Um, you that know, is the I think Nebraska minimum wage. Yeah. I mean, how much, you know, we keep seeing the gas prices, you know, especially like, let's say, I don't know what they are in Nebraska, but you know, the high, the average is so, so you have to work 30 minutes for a gallon of gas in Nebraska, <laughs> right? Like this is uh, maybe even more, um, so that to me is is what's kind of like, you know, kind of gross about this thing. And I and I get it. GameStop is an A. I'm actually surprised they even exist still, to be honest. You know, I I yeah, I mean I'm surprised even on this list that they gave out a. Uh, if you look on that that sign, they're like, hey, go to the Entertain Mart, which is located in the mall too. Uh, I don't see many like independent game stores like mm -hmm. that in the mall either. Factor, you go probably more frequently than I do. Uh, to go trade stuff in. Uh, I don't ever see, you know, uh, back home in Ohio, there was a few places we had little independent game stores. And you can go places out here to get some stuff, but it's, there's more like in, in the Mesa area, Chandler and all that stuff. There's more like, they're not video game. They're like, they are video game, but they're like, hey, here's our uh, VHS section. Right. Here's our pop, you know, pop culture poster section. It's more of a, just like a retro store, you know, it's kind of, kind of how they sell them. Right. Um, so and I assume that's what that place in this mall is too, kind of, but, uh, yeah, I don't yeah there see, is no uh, more chains because when I was growing yeah. up in California before the, they merged, um, mm. it was software, et cetera, Babbage's, even KB toys and Toys R Us. They all sold video games. Yeah. Now they either went bankrupt or they all merged into GameStop. And I go to GameStop just because I buy physical games that I don't think I'm going to play for very long. So I'll play them, beat them, and then trade them back in and get some credit for them. Um, so that's the only reason that I necessarily go in. But they do have actually a, a good pop selection. And then sometimes they have pretty good deals on T-shirts, too. They'll be like 50% off on Dragon Ball shirts or Batman shirts. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll go in for stuff like that, or like Rob said, like figures, statues. Um, right, right. So it's a lot of diversification. It's not just necessarily video games, because, yeah, I could get them. Video games I can get at Target, Walmart, Amazon, any of these retailers where they can just mail it to my house, but then I can't trade them back in. That's the only reason I go to GameStop is to trade stuff in. Yeah. And, but, um, yep. I was going to say, also in this story, too, they were referring to sometimes they would have one person working in the store for hours at a time. So, like, oh, if you had to go take a break, you know what I mean? Those are just, those nightmares I was talking about, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, the worst. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to dodge retail my whole life. Um, not that I didn't have my crappy jobs, you know, as a, as a kid and younger. Um, but younger I've been than a kid, you were working? Yeah. What were you doing? It was uh, slave labor. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, under, under the table work here, Rob. Come on. Jeez. I appreciate that. Yeah, I respect trucks. that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that to me seems like, like, there's there's no amount of money that can make me, if you, if you told me to man a GameStop by myself for hours at a time, I'm just, I have no interest uh, for my soul. Um, but, unfortunately, it looks like that's, you know, that's common around this country. Uh and I don't want to rant, so I'm not going to just, you know, start trashing everything. But, yeah, this is disappointing to see. <laughs> Take that, GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, somebody putting GameStop into place. About time somebody <laughs> knocked GameStop down a peg or two. Yeah, your magazine shit. I don't even know if it exists. Sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Game Informer, they have a podcast and a, the magazine's mm-hmm. still going. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. All right, what else is happening, Vivivactor? Well, it's that time of year again. There's a new Call of Duty on the way. Call of All Duty right. Modern Warfare 2. Wait, hold coming. on. Rob, put your pants back on, Rob, all right? This October. Oh, no. coming out. Don't get I will excited. not. I will not. <laughs> we got our first uh, gameplay reveal trailer. And this is, as we know, coming in October to all platforms, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, including Steam. And this is the sequel to the 2019 Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, I was debating with Jeff because there was a there was a while where Jeff and I were buying every Call of Duty every year and we were playing them. It was I, like clockwork. Quick, I have hated Call of Duty. Like out of like the last six Call of Duties, I've hated three or four of them and I still own all of them. Ah. I own all of them somehow imagine- every year somehow. Imagine if you had bought those physically. You could have traded them in. No, but he's a I collector. digress. He's a collector. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm a, digital. A, <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes. As the resident Call of Duty players, Call of Duty, isn't that, didn't this game, isn't there already a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2? Am I crazy? Yes. Yes. So they named this sequel after the same, or the same as a game that's already in the, the thing. Yes. It's like if they made so Assassin's are... Creed again and just called it Assassin's Creed. Yes. So there are, <laughs> if you look through the catalog, there are going to be Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, you know, parentheses 2009 or something, 2008, 2009. And then you're going to have to do a parentheses called, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare to 2022. Yeah. So there are, and they've done that with Modern Warfare. That also came out, and that had a, a remastered campaign in it too. But um, yes, there are they are 
How I was going to say something you, more gross. But they're eating their own tail, Rob, is what they're doing. They are they're unoriginal, eating. and they well, cannot come up with the game. I will say, um, just to play devil's advocate, they have been making some changes recently. Like, with Warzone, going to the Battle Royale model. Um, and then with this one, they actually released a statement saying that these are going to have... Because basically what they would do is every year they would switch studios um, creating yeah. each each one. And, and for like fans like us, Rob, to explain, uh, I'm going to... I back to just hold that thought for a second. I need to explain what you're talking about. It's kind of a shit show. It's not just like, hey, it's a new, it's a different developer. They do things differently. Like so, like one game you have, oh, I have the the dolphin dive. I can dive. The next game, ah, oh, it's a slide. You know, the next game, it's uh, you know, he puts on a cape and flies through the air. It, it, not literally, but like <laughs> they just they don't do the same thing. It's not the same game. Like you, so you, you have all these different wild, wildly, you know, wild variations of the game. Um, at their core, they're kind of similar, but like minor things change. And then on top of that, the Invector can attest to this: the current system for that game to launch the Call of Duty series, the Warzone, the Black Ops Vanguard, is a shit show. The menu sucks. You have to like I launch a Call of Duty game, and then it takes me to like an overall menu that then gives me like Warzone the newest game, an older game, and then some other side bullshit. And you click one, and then if you don't click the one that you launched, it la- it closes your game. This is a PC experience. It closes your game and then launches another game. So you go back to Windows Desktop and then launch another game. It is, it is easily one of the worst, like, user experiences that I have with a, like, AAA title that uh, should not be like that. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Vector. You said they were making changes <laughs> to things. Yeah, hopefully wow. that, that launcher changes, because that has been the worst part about these games recently. Um, but this, yeah. yeah, the shaders, too. This new one, Modern Warfare 2, they said not only is it going to have, it's going to be part of a new era for the franchise, so it's going to be a number of developments, developments like utilizing the same engine across Modern Warfare 2 and the next iteration of Warzone, which is supposed to be coming out later this year. And then it's supposed to be treating that new Warzone experience as an extension of the Modern Warfare 2 universe. So it seems like they're they're integrating them more, whereas they've been separate for the last couple of years. And it's like, oh, did you buy this one? Oh, yeah. you don't have that one. And then they made Warzone free, but you had to buy the other two. And so they were. There's three different Call of Duties all in the same launcher, like Jeff was saying. And it seems like what they're trying to do is put this all in one package, which is what they should have did from the beginning. But at least it seems like they're starting to figure this out. And like I said, utilizing the same engine across all of them. Yeah, why didn't you do that from the beginning? Um, but they're calling it Warzone 2.0. Yeah, and and when you say they're trying to make it, what I the thing I was reading and the stuff I was looking at earlier. It's they're they're building it under under the same engine. So to talk about what I was talking about earlier again, not only do you have the shit show that I just mentioned of trying to go between Call of Duty experiences, you then have Warzone is on a different engine or an older engine or looks older, plays differently than their newest game, Vanguard. So you switch between the two and it's a little bit weird. And then on top of that, 
it's like they try to integrate everything into Warzone, and they don't really do that well either. Because, Vector, when we hop into Warzone, like we did it a few weeks ago with mm-hmm. our buddy Abe, like, I don't know what loadouts I have. I don't know. Like, there is no consistency across the board there. Uh, it feels like I'm playing, you know, an entirely different experience. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the stuff I was looking at, they're trying to do new things. Um and, and I, I hope it works out well, but, I, you know, I just feel like at, at a certain point they need to – I wish I wish they would just, you know, swallow the pill and let's keep Warzone and then you just do expansions. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll give you new multiplayer right. maps, but keep it all the same. Just, you know, give us like an expansion every year. Then well, That's kind yeah. of what these are, but they're just, you know, the, the it's the worst way to do this, I feel like. And that's the Overwatch, the Apex Legends, and the Fortnite model where it's like, all right, it's the same game, but yeah. they're updating it all the time. They're having battle passes and seasons. That's what Halo Infinite is trying to do. And it feels fresh to me as, as someone who plays Fortnite on a regular basis. And you guys, not not playing it, but you guys looking at me and Shoff, our other buddy who plays, and seeing us getting excited for the new seasons – They've done a great Fortnite has done a great job and actually I'll talk about that in a little bit. They've done a great job of getting you excited for the next season even though it's the same game. It's not like, oh, there's Fortnite 2, here's Fortnite 3. It's it's just Fortnite and it's an easy thing to understand. Oh, this is just the next season. This is the next battle pass. That's what Call of Duty really needs to do is just call it Call of Duty and then go from there. Have different seasons, have different updates, but not all of this, you know, uh, Vanguard, Modern Warfare Seven, and all these different Call of Duties. It's it's getting yeah. confusing at this point because I don't even know what's going on. And and also the thing that they've shown today is just the trailer with a with a weird like Metallica cover by uh, Jay Balbine. Uh, so the music, this, uh, this Call of Duty is just so cringe to me at this point. But uh, uh, I think I guess there's more. There's actual gameplay, not this like trailer coming out at. Uh, that that what is it the summer games fest or whatever that oh, event is uh, yeah. I think tomorrow. And if you um, pre-order, you get into the beta so you can play it early. Yeah, so I'll probably I'll probably pre-order and then debate on if I'm going to get rid of that or not. You know, based off of that beta. Yeah, um, but you know. Well, I know something that you will be getting, Jeff. Yes. Hideo Kojima's next game, which we got a leak on his next project. It may or may not be a horror game called Overdose, starring Death Stranding actress Margaret Qualey. Um, mm-hmm. This is report reports coming out of Try Hard Guides. And <laughs> the report... The most respectable of sources, yes. <laughs> we have that one, and then we also have um, The Verge linked in our show notes. Um, but this is... What, what do you know about this, Jeff? Because you're the Kojima expert. Yeah, tell yeah, us, Jeff. What I, <laughs> so what I had saw uh, was that there was – well, first it was interesting that this had, had come out uh, or that there had been rumors because, you know, Kojima has been posting things on, on Twitter. Uh, I'll see his Twitter account, you know, post – it's it's always him in like a, a mocap, you know, room, stuff like that. Um, and uh, this one – I also saw the tweet from this site, the Try Hard Guides, uh, or the leak that's saying that, hey, you know, somebody had seen – uh, it was very 
Did you guys ever play the uh, the, uh, the Silent Hill demo uh, mean, uh, back on on PlayStation Four? You know, I downloaded it because that was one that they took off, right? Yeah, they took it away. Yeah, yeah. I downloaded PT. it and I pl- I yeah, played PT. it one time yeah. and yeah. I never played it again. Yeah, so you, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have undownloaded it. I didn't know they were gonna take it away. <laughs> and then, uh, so so yeah, so it's from from the description of it. I don't think there's actually any video of this yet. Uh, there's just a description, but basically. You see a person with that sounds weirdly similar, where it's a third-person view uh, showing a character like exploring like a dark area with like a flashlight, and then uh, per the description, you know, the footage ends with a jump scare, a game over screen, and then a title screen that says, you know, a Hideo Kojima game overdose. Um, so I was I was actually kind of surprised that this came out mainly because we had just got the the news about, you know, Death Stranding 2 seeming to uh, start production or get the wheels mm-hmm. rolling on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, and uh, it seems to be real because they've been requested to take down that story, and uh, that website has said they refuse to take the story down uh, and keep it up. So I, I would assume that means this is real, you know, or this has some legitimacy to it. Uh, but I feel like... Uh, it, I mean, and maybe Kojima Productions has multiple games going, but I feel like this is probably going to be some kind of like a like a smaller project. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a PT clone, but it would not surprise me if this ends up being like a you know a smaller game that you know is available on like the the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store. You know, um, kind of like what would have been an Xbox Arcade title, yeah. like something yeah. like a small twenty thirty dollar game rather than a big big budget one. Yeah. Also, the Verge article notes these mm-hmm. leaks, like you said, this this one for Overdose and then the Death Stranding 2 rumors. Uh, they sure are coincidentally timed because Kojima's best friend is Jeff Keighley, and he's doing the Summer Game <laughs> Fest, which actually uh, is yeah. from June 9th through June 12th, which is, as we record this, that is starting tomorrow. Um, Kojima's not scheduled to attend the event. And uh, Jeff Keighley also told fans to manage their expectations against big surprise reveals. But you never know with Kojima. He might just show up. That's exactly yeah. something somebody would say that's hiding big surprising reveals. <laughs> yeah. They don't want us to know. Um, <laughs> if I would be interested in it. Kojima finally made a good game with Death Stranding. <laughs> and if he can keep that record up, I'd be into it. Uh, I wanted to tell you, Baxter... Yeah. I did just a quick a quick Google search, the old clickety clack while you guys were talking. What would it cost if I wanted to buy a PlayStation Four with PT included? And the first one came up for uh, fifteen hundred dollars. Oh man! If you would have kept PT <laughs> on your PlayStation Four, you could have made a cool fifteen hundo. Oh man! If I don't, and everything known. I'm seeing, other PlayStations that are selling with the demo on it are comparable. So people people be asking for money. Dang. Hey, now, how many people are buying? I don't really know. Yeah. But that's just a uh-huh. little FYI for you out there. Oh, yeah. Well, we talked about the Summer Game Fest. Guess what? We actually just had a little um, a little fest called State of Play, boys. Yeah. 
This is the June 2022 State of Play, which is Sony's... Would you call it Sony's E3? I, I uh, think it was... Uh, I would say Comparable. So. Now, you boys both watched this. I was at work, and I was not able to attend the live viewing. Tick and talk. We're watching. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> but I just want to get both of your... Or, uh, what was your opinion of it overall? Let's start with Jeff. What was your opinion of it overall? Um, you know, I, th- I was overall somewhat disappointed with this, um, mainly because there wasn't anything that, for me, that was new, that was not leaked um, quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Resident Evil 4 um, was, was leaked, you know, uh the Bioware did mention that I think that that was in there too, the Dragon Age game, but that's been that thing's been talked about for years and years and how much problems they've had with that. Um there was nothing really like new or like surprising here for me. Um so some of it, you know, uh was cool, obviously. Like there are things I enjoyed, but I think if you had my overall opinion, I'd I'd say I'm a little disappointed mainly because there just wasn't one more thing, you know, Sony didn't have something that nobody had revealed yet at all. Yeah. Rob, what'd you think? I, for the most part, enjoyed it. Despite the fact that I knew, yeah, I knew about most of these games, but I still enjoyed it because I, unlike Jeff, love video games. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> I kid. I kid. I don't have, you have likes. There's no weird out games here, Rob. You, <laughs> you know of. You, don't have, you, don't you obviously uh, turned off the the stream before they announced it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I'd play that. <laughs> no, I uh, for, there was a couple of duds in there, but I'd say about eighty percent caught my yeah. interest. Mm-hmm. If I had to give it a percentage, which I just did. Yeah. The only thing that stood out to me, in particular, was the Spider-Man remaster that's coming to PC. And we've talked about it before on this podcast. Sony just seems to be slowly, slowly trying to compete with Microsoft and having all their games on PC. We we already saw Death Stranding and God of War. Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, so their, their Spider-Man is their big one. One of their big yeah. Their ones. formula seems to be whenever the next wave of you know new releases. So these games pretty much have to be a year or two, or in God of War's case, several years old. Uh, at the point that it comes out, um, I'd like to see that window shrink. You know, give it like six months, like if it's possible. You know, put these games out a little quicker. Um, yeah, I think I think you're only hurting the audience. You know, uh, for these games, uh, I think the they'll get to the PS5. point where it's day and date in the future. I don't I don't see them withholding games um, for months at a time. I think I mm-hmm. think at some point we'll get. Um, D and D, but I, I think it also depends on who you like. Like Kojima within the Sony, like he's partnered with Sony, kind of thing. Like clearly, like he's working with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he can have. I think he has the sway, and I think he wants something to come out on PC. Whereas you know, whoever's developing God of War, whatever that uh, branch is called, they they are probably going to be two years out minimum for that new game. Like I don't see that coming anytime soon to to PC. It's going to be a a good exclusive for a minute there, I, I feel Santa like. Santa Monica Studio. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dang, boys. As I'm looking this up right now, 
Yeah. Uh, there's apparently a report that is saying that God of War Ragnarok is going to be delayed until next year. What? Ooh. When did that? Is this a hot take? Like <laughs> yeah, a hot yeah, drop? This, did it just drop now? It says it came out six hours ago. I'm going to post it in our show notes. I mean, this is oh, live. Break who's, it, who's reporting that? No this pun intended. Oh, God. Video Game Chronicle. Oh, they're not <laughs> real. <laughs> Call me um, when IGN says it. Or they're, they're saying this year, but there's no date, right? On that yet? Yeah, I don't think so. Man, I can't wait for that game, boys, because that was one of my favorite PlayStation titles. If it wasn't for Spider-Man, I would say that would be that would have been my favorite PlayStation game um, mm-hmm. of the last con- or of the last cycle. But um, that was the one that stood out to me, boys. I know in our show notes we've got the Stray Cyberpunk Cat Simulator is now coming out coming in out. July. Yeah, coming out soon. I was excited about that. I've been looking forward to this game for a while. Um, I'm curious if it's going to be priced as a full price game or not, because Annapurna typically doesn't do that. Right? Yeah, usually like thirty. Right? But they're they yeah, but they've been hyping up this game since they announced PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. They're, it seems like they're treating it like a AAA game. So I'm very curious to see how that goes or purious but it looks good and it's coming out on mm-hmm. pc um yeah. i don't know if i'm going to play it on playstation or pc or not but that that one caught my attention that was probably the biggest one out of the whole thing even though it's not a surprise game like jeff was talking about we've been hearing about this game for two years now but yeah. now that they've announced the date I'm getting I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited for it. Uh Spider-Man remastered on PC, I think will be interesting. If I ever get a Steam Deck, imagine portable Spider-Man. <laughs> Ooh, right? Where Yeah, that's how you get vector to buy one. Yeah. Like that sounds pretty good. Yeah, might have <laughs> to go to the Mercari's for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh they said Miles Morales is also coming later this year to PC as well. I've I've platinumed both of those games, and I've beat them both twice. Um, that would be... You know, actually, I was playing a game recently on Steam called Rogue Legacy, boys. Mm-hmm. And that is the perfect Steam Deck game. Um, it's, like, the exact type of game that you want to pick up and play. And it's my type of game, like the 2D side-scrolling platformer. Yeah. So that... Also has me thinking about Mercari, Rob. <laughs> Maybe. You might be doing it. Maybe. Uh, well, we'll keep talking about it in a second, but what the listeners don't know is that Factor just bought a brand new. He got that new gaming PC all set up that we talked about last week. Ooh. Yeah. But he hasn't he hasn't taken it for a test drive yet, so it'll be interesting. This is correct. Be... All of my... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you'll be the owner of a brand new 3080 and a Steam Deck. Yeah. That's right. You just use some pillowcases as diapers for your little boy. He don't care. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> save, save your money yeah. somewhere. Uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake that we've mm-hmm. been hearing about for a while yeah. finally got announced also. And I'm looking forward to that, especially what what really piques my interest about that one in particular is how they've adapted Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 for more modern sensibilities when it comes to playing video games versus yeah, the, the controls. Right. right. 
Yeah. The control scheme um, for sure. So I'm interested in seeing how that one turns out because Resident Evil 4 was great. When it came out, I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, everybody loved that game. Yeah, but then, so that was like a universally played game. Yeah, yeah it's on time, every right. system. Yeah. It's on name a name a video game system. It's on it. Everybody loves that game. <laughs> but I went back and played it, Jeff, on VR not too long ago Ooh. on the Oculus 2, and I did not mm-hmm. enjoy it in the slightest. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was clunky. I thought it controlled poorly. I just, it did not work for me. Yeah. So I think having enjoyed it so much in the past and then having such a bad experience with it on VR, I'd be real interested in seeing how they turn this game around because I'll definitely get it. If it's if it's pulling what they want it to pull, which is my attention, then absolutely I'll go for it. And it's going to have yeah. some VR, um, some small VR sections. So mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. But the big and, uh, thing that I was going to say, I thought mm-hmm. I thought two and three, uh, the remakes, like you said, I thought they updated those well. And like in particular, the controls. In particular, yeah. Oh, yeah. like like when I when I played those, that was the thing where I was like, okay, like. You know, uh, those are some of, like, my first games that I ever completed. Like, I remember, you know, me and uh, a cousin completing Resident Evil 2 back in the day and it being, like, this, you know, big story among all the family. We're like, oh, the PlayStation, uh, you know, is, is crazy. Look at this game. And here's Resident Evil 2. Oh, there's zombies that scared the crap out of us, whatever, whatever. Um, and uh, I, I just remember even then being like, man, these controls are, like, you have to get used to these. Like, this is, like, a weird... Yeah. Tank, tanky control, and run, I'm hoping run, that's run. what they Stop. bring to this. Shoot. Is... Run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for this. I have, I have not beaten two and three yet. I own both of those remakes. Um, I really love those games. Those are easily my favorites of that entire series. But fours, I would. I'm really excited to see what they do for four. I don't know if I'm gonna buy that when it's sixty dollars, but um, yeah, just that game streamlined a little bit smoother. I think could be. You know, it's, it's, a, it's just, I think it's going to be like the definitive way to play it, you know, for the time being. Put it on PC and give me that ultra wide support. That's yeah. what, that's what yeah. I want. Um, it's in the lightning round, but I want to talk about it. They also mentioned the, uh, the PSVR 2 and four games that are coming out for that. The, the Walking Dead sequel, Saints and Sinners sequel. I played yes. the first one on Oculus and it was all right. Um, but it, it didn't really grab me, but it was okay. But Resident Evil Village is coming out on uh, mm-hmm. PSVR. And is that a, was that a, that's a full-blown, that's the game. It's the mm-hmm. full-blown game, right? Yeah, I would, that's, at least that's what they're implying. I'm yeah. sure it's similar to Resident Evil 7, where that you could play that whole game top to bottom in VR if you wanted. Yeah. With those terrible controllers. I hated those things. Um, uh, no Man's Sky coming out in vr which i think is on vr on pc already i think yeah and i, th- I think when that when that was announced i can't remember if i messaged vector that privately or if that was in our chat where i was like i can't believe we're still hearing about no man's sky like we are still <laughs> seeing that fucking game footage come up and be announced for something like i'm so tired like i don't know anybody that plays that game i think i know I- people that have Try it. I own it. I own the shit, and I never did it. 
I know one person who keeps starting that game over and over again. His name is Shop, our co-host on Geek So To Speak <laughs> oh, podcast. Okay. And that seems this like is his the speed. one. He he likes that game, but he he. Yeah. I don't know how far he's gotten into it. I know he started it a couple of times, and there's even on the Sandbox Gamers YouTube page. Just search Sandbox Gamers, formerly the Geek So To Speak YouTube page. Uh, there's less plays of him playing that. Um, but I I think the the PSVR version would be right up his alley. And then of course the probably the crown jewel at least for this announcement is the Horizon VR game, which seemed okay. I'm just curious if it's going to be one of these things where like I'm having to do bow and arrow physically and physically climb with my arms. Like uh, they got me exercising out here, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want yeah. to do well, that. Well, that's, that's how that Resident Evil Village mm-hmm. is going to work, where you're going to have the PSVR 2 headset, but then you're also going to have the PlayStation VR 2 Sense controllers in each hand, and yeah. you're going to be using guard both of your arms up to guard, and then you hold up the gun, just like I think Half-Life Alex is probably, that's how they're going to integrate yeah. it. So, I mean, yeah, that's going to be great. I had such yeah, a no hard Alex time... Either. I had a, such a hard time fighting the robot animals in just the actual video game version, the normal controller <laughs> style version yeah, yeah. of Horizon Forbidden West. What am I supposed <laughs> to do in VR? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna get tangled up in those wires and I'm gonna knock stuff over in my office. So that's gonna be that's gonna be something. Uh Jeff put in the show notes just now. Street Fighter Six, come on, poo poo pee pee. Yeah, this, I don't know why I wrote poo poo pee pee, but I don't. I don't, I don't think are, are any of us big Final Fantasy players, really. Uh, uh, I've or never like, played enjoy that series, a Final Fantasy game, but I don't like. I'm not a real big fan of JRPGs, the turn based yeah. uh, games. I'm not really, yeah. but I know that's not what this is going to be. Yeah, in my in my history, past seven is almost none. I have not even played the newer ones. I know, like I know a few people that are into them, so obviously I know this is like a big announcement for some, but I want to skip over that and talk about this street fighter. Uh, cause this is where, uh, Jeffrey like, uh, this game. <laughs> you saw Chun Li and said, Ooh, happy. And yeah, she's a little clothed, but, uh, no. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys, have, did you guys see any of the follow up beyond the trailer or no? No, I only saw um, the trailer. So this is this is like this is this weird and they and they do show in the trailer a little bit so you kind of get the vibe there's like it's like this semi open world uh type of game where you know you're running around as Ryu and from some of the frames and stuff I was looking at Reddit and people screenshotting like it looks like you can you walk up to certain bosses and fight it's like kind of like a a, a different approach to their their main storyline which is uh, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, all the major fighting games have the same, like, hey, here's cutscenes, and then you're just going to go down a you know a list of people, this guy versus this guy, this guy versus this guy. You just play every every character. Um, but it looks like if there's some kind of customization here, if there's some kind of you know story and like a little bit of free roam action going on here, I think uh, this will be a maybe a nice change of pace for the franchise. I know. You know, some people are hardcore into, like, the net code and, like, people, you know, playing people online. That's not been my stuff as much. Uh, I usually like to play it with friends, you know. I don't like to play randos online who are getting sweaty. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that and, like, the art style, the the change-up on this game looks great. I like the 
the New York graffiti-ish type look that they're they're going for here. Um, yeah, I'm 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 digging the overall look. Uh, I think that new logo is kind of interesting. It's a uh, it's not my favorite Street Fighter logo, obviously, but uh, I think there's a just some cool, you know, aesthetic changes to this game. Uh, and this might be my, if I'm looking at the list, probably my most, may, maybe short of Resident Evil 4 and the Spider-Man thing. Maybe a tie between those those two, probably, and then, and then Street Fighter 6, because I know I'm probably going to play those other two more. But, um, yeah, I thought Street Fighter looked great. I don't know, I don't know what you guys thought. I mean, I'm not a big Street Fighter guy, but I'll I'll get it. If I need to beat you a couple of times in Street Fighter Online, <laughs> I mean, I'll get it. I'll get it. What about you, Vector? What are you hyped on on this? We, Jeff and I sort of steamrolled over that whole conversation. What about you? For Street Fighter? No, just for the state of play. Oh, state of play? What about you say... by the nipples and twisted? Yeah. <laughs> Out of all those things, just the, the Spider-Man remastered, I was looking at that trailer, the 4K... 60 trailer and it was looking very nice very nice i liked the upgrade on the graphics um but not a whole lot other than that necessarily the ps vr2 stuff is kind of interesting because i think i will be getting a, a ps vr2 which they need to change the name of that they need to come up with a better name what would um, they call it call it the playstation touch so you're just oh, reaching man. out and touching. Because the other one, they had the move. So uh-huh. how about the touch? The PlayStation. Touch. The you PlayStation, got the touch. Yeah, the PlayStation grope. Yeah. Just reach out and grope. Feel you. Feel <laughs> just it. Feel, feel it. <laughs> Gross. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about all those games as they come out, I'm sure, because we are yeah. your source for video game news. Even if we don't like the games and we have no interest in playing them, we're going to play them anyway. Yeah. That's what we do. All right. I think it's time to move on to that lightning round factor. What oh, you yeah. got for us? Well, there's a new mini system coming out. Now, we've had the Nintendo systems. We've also had the Genesis. Now, we're getting the Japanese version of the Genesis, the Mega Drive. Um, now, with CD games. Um, I don't know why, but <laughs> all the other ones did not come with cartridges um but this is coming with cd games 50 games built into it including uh Silfeed, which i i loved as as a kid shining force cd sonic the hedgehog cd virtual racing and shining in the darkness now unfortunately unless you're jeff w and you're going to fly over to japan you're not going to be able to get one of these um unless you i got to it but it is expected to launch October 27th for 9,980 yen. Do you know how much that is in American dollars? I'm going to venture a guess and say it's $98. I was going to say $90, yeah. Back in the day when I lived in Japan, that would have been correct. But now in today's economy, the U.S. dollar translates to $75. Okay. But these are, it's another one of these miniature retro consoles which were all the rage a couple of years ago, boys. Um, the NES Mini, the 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 Mini SNES, and then we had the original PlayStation. But the Mega Drive, like I was saying, was the Japanese version of the Genesis. A couple interesting articles over at The Verge I wanted to point your attention to, boys. The first one is eBay's 
new vault that they are creating is going to be housing digital trading of your non-fungible physical items. So you can buy and sell trading cards as quickly as NFTs. And this is an actual warehouse, a 31,000 square foot vault facility that stores collectibles. Non-fungible physical items. Okay. What is this shit? This is the so, eBay hold vault. Hold on. Are you telling me that all these figures <laughs> behind me, everything on my shelf, these are all non-fungible physical items? And they're soon <laughs> going to be digital. And you could put them in the eBay vault, which is actually open now to uh, house graded trading cards that are valued over $750. And in the future, they're going to have physical collectibles of all kinds. Um, but this is this is going to be verified, just like the places like StockX and um, other verified verifiable locations, so people will know that they're actually getting these physical items that are authentic. Oh, that's that's what this is going to be. Is it's going to be basically like what StockX started doing, but for eBay. Kind of. So you're going to have digital assets like NFTs, um, and it's eBay actually got into selling NFTs about a year ago. Um, th- these are not eligible for storage in the vault, but unlike StockX, eBay is not producing NFT assets on the blockchain to link to stored items. So I what? thought that was an interesting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> development, boys. What's all this NFT talk, man? Keep going, Jeff. Jeez. Keep going. No. <laughs> What's all this NFT talk? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. that is um, over at the Verge, and then they also had a another meta story, boys. Uh, Facebook Gaming has purchased Crata, which is a platform that lets players create, share, and play games with friends. Um, and this is coming to Facebook's gaming cloud streaming service. Um, it's a lot like Roblox. Uh, it's like a Roblox competitor and it also takes some cues from Fortnite. But Facebook is heavily pushing into the metaverse. This is just one of their uh, another one of their acquisitions that they're trying to get. Obviously, they changed their name to Meta and they want to be the center of the metaverse. So they already acquired Oculus. Um this crater represents a, a smaller but still significant investment meant to further establish Meta as a metaverse company, whatever that means. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Mm-mm. Guess what? They even have a social VR platform, Horizon Worlds, uh, which reached thir- 300,000 users earlier this year. And we know that. Rob and Jeff have Oculuses. They've got quests. Uh, despite in their the house. fact that I have three sitting right behind me, I have not. Tried, I have not done this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where mine is. I know I have it, but I don't hey. even know where it's at. So, check those out in our show notes. Also, Honor of Kings got a global release date, and the the latest Fortnite event, which I talked about a little bit earlier in the show. They have um, the new season, the new battle pass started over. There was a live event, which I attended with not only Shoff, but also a friend of the show, Ben Songer. And we got to um, 
check out a giant mech battle. And then that you were, started you were off kicking people out of your party to attend that event. Well, there was, was like so hot. eight people in the party and they face or um, Fortnite only lets you do four. So a couple yeah. of them had to leave, but it was finders keepers, losers weepers. It was first come, first serve. So whoever got in the in the party, that's who was in there. And if you were lucky that's enough, that's why to I got first, kicked out, Jeff. You were in there. But this new season, which is actually going on right now, has a roller coaster, Indiana Jones, and Darth Vader. Don't talk back to Darth Vader. He'll get you. So I want. Darth Vader. I definitely want to play enough to get Darth Vader. So, oh, another happy season of playing. Maybe Jeff will join. That's it yeah. for the news this week. Hey, all you got to do is fork over them V bucks. There, that stands for Vader bucks. Yeah, you can yeah. be. You can be Garth Vader. You know, right I should. On. I should have a segment on the show where I update you on my progress because I, I have not paid for any levels. I'm going to try to play. As much as I can to get to Vader, and the day before they switch it out, if I don't reach that level 100, I'm going to pay. So we'll see how far I get. Let's monitor my progress, boys. Let me ask you this, because I'm, yeah. I'm a Facebook novice. I look from the outside in like a snow globe. If you Let's say you need to get to level 100 for Darth Gator. Okay, and... Oh, and you said Facebook. You mean Fortnite. See, that's the, that's the thing. <laughs> That just proves my point. <laughs> anyway, if you need to be level 100 to get Darth Vader, mm -hmm. and you get to level 97, right? Yes. And you got to buy him the last day. Do you still got to pay that full price no. to unlock it? No. So you're only okay, paying so you for pay however many. Yeah, right. So, you know, it, it pays to actually be patient and play the game rather than on the first day it's available paying 100 levels. So you might want to hold off. If you're somebody who is impatient and has a lot of FOMO, you might want to hold off and wait until that last day. Yeah. The thing is, okay. I play very little Fortnite. I've played, I've played a little bit, but I'm definitely not an expert in the matter. But the times that I have played where I've hopped on with Bacter and friend of the show, Jen Bonger, <laughs> all they wanted to do was drive around and break <laughs> walls yep. and go collect, go collect how many treasure chests there are. Get in the Meanwhile, car. Get in the car. I, that's a good representation of what it was like. Meanwhile, I'm getting shot at, sniped, getting pounded. These guys don't care. Leaving me to crawl around. If, if there was an objective on there that came up and it said protect Wonder Rob, we would do it. But the the objectives are hit a hundred walls or yeah. drive a hundred miles. So can, those come help me get the web shooters. I need That's the web shooters. That's what gets shooting. you the XP the fastest, is. so you level up as quick as possible by doing those X those challenges. Meanwhile, somebody who was in that group. Already paid the hundred dollars or whatever it is. That's to true. Get to the top. From gift cards, maybe, maybe even a gift From card. Gift cards. Got them Stolen that too. Gift cards. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I love inside jokes. Hope to be a part of one someday. <laughs> Let's move on to the games that we've been playing this week. I'm going to kick off the conversation, you guys. I played a new game this week because I made a promise last week that I will not be talking about Elden Ring, despite the fact that I played several hours of it this week. But no, yes. 
I am not talking about Elden Ring this week. I am talking about a, a little game that I played called A Short Hike, which I played on the Xbox Series X, although it is it is available on the Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, etc. Only eight bucks. I went for it on the uh, the Xbox because I feel like I've been neglecting my Xbox lately. But it is eight bucks on every platform. Because I looked. This is a game. This is an independent game made by Adam Robinson U. It was out in the Humble Bundle, I think, uh, 2019. So it's not exactly a new game. But it's a game that's been on my okay. radar for yeah. a little bit. But you hike, climb, soar through the peaceful mountainside landscapes of Hawk Peak Provincial Park. Follow the marked trails or explore backcountry as you make your way to the top of the summit. Along the way, meet other hikers, discover hidden treasures, and take in the world around you, Jeff. So this is, it's an open world game, but not in the tradition that you would think like Elden Ring, Arkham, Red Dead Redemption or right. anything. It's more of a top-down, almost Legend of Zelda type, three-fourths view. It's pixel mm -hmm. art. Um, to me, it looks like it's rendered in 3D and then has a pixel art filter on top of it. It's the best way I could sort right. of describe it. Um, because it's a fully 3D world, but you're on this little island and you can just go from end to end, walk around the island, and it's just like a big spiral. You know, you keep walking around, you get further up, you get further up until eventually you make your way to the top. But just like in the description, th there's one main objective, which is to get to the top of the mountain, which is explained to you in the story. It's a, it's a cute little story. I don't want to spoil it too much, but it just it has to do with you not being able to get cell phone service. So you want to get to the top <laughs> of the mountain so you can get a signal on your phone. As a bird? As a bird. Hmm. As a bird. It's, it's very Animal Crossing-esque in terms of the characters because you run into just about everybody. Like the, there's all these NPCs all around the island that are asking you to do these little things. And I beat the game probably in about a two-hour sitting, but I, there was plenty of stuff that I didn't do. And I probably could have kept on playing it for a few more hours. But it's a very cozy game. But, like, for example, things I ran into, ran into a, a little kid on the beach who said, Mister, I want you to collect 15 seashells for me. And I said, why? And he said, because. And that was really it. That was the end of that conversation. Um, little things like, there's there's a race happening on the island that day, a 4K, and people are mm -hmm. getting ready to start it. And s somebody lost their headband, and so I took on a mission to go find their headband because it's their lucky headband, and they right. need it. But later on, they find out that the luck was inside them the whole time, Jeff. <laughs> it was inside them the whole time. Um, um, question on the on the scale of the island. Mm -hmm. You know, you you play Animal Crossing, I assume. Yeah, I'd say the scale on that is pretty small. Like I can run around that whole thing in you know, the matter of a minute, a minute. or something or two. Two minutes, you know, probably. Yeah, you know, maybe a little faster if I you know ate some peppers and I'm you know hot <laughs> on my feet. Uh, what is the scaling? Maybe maybe we can use that as like a basis. Are we talking much larger? Are we yeah, talking, it's, like, are oh yeah, it's much larger because it's mm -hmm. not just a you know four screen by four screen or six screen by six screen island on Animal Crossing. Again, it's a fully 3D world. Right. And there's all sorts of pathways, hidden um, hidden tunnels, caves. And there's even another small little island just off the shore 
of the island itself, the main island that you can get over to and explore. So it definitely has a lot more a lot more explorability to it, which I really liked. So I played it from top to bottom into about two hours, and I spent that whole two hours exploring the game, very rarely backtracking short of a few little missions I said where I need to go find a headband or I need to find some seashells or something like that. Uh, gotcha. But there are plenty of NPCs with plenty of little objectives, cute little objectives to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I, there is like a like an end to this game, right? Like you yes. are progressing a story, right? Okay. Yes, yes. It's just a single day in this person's life, uh, this little bird's okay. life, about needing to to get a phone call, a very important phone call. Okay. Um, so there's mechanics, so you can. The further along you get, you find these golden feathers, and it's essentially like a stamina meter. So golden feathers are either like hidden in tough to, to find areas. Um, you can get some out of a like a, a store, like an item shop. There are characters that'll try to sell the golden feathers to you for way too much money. Uh, but you'll find in order to progress past a certain point in the game, you have to have a certain amount of feathers because you need to be able to have enough stamina to fly or climb up certain areas of the island. And so when you you see this this hike is treacherous, treacherous. You need at least seven feathers to continue, and I only had four. And so I had to go back on the island and say, okay, where can I find these feathers? Who, who has these for me? And that was part of the game as well. But it's a very cozy game. It was very well-written it's there's no voice acting but it's all interactive dialogue through the the npcs but it felt a lot like just a con the, the way it was written felt like a conversation you have like text conversations with your friends like that's what it felt like mm-hmm. um and it was only eight bucks like this is a real cozy bad. game this would have been a good one for a steam deck if i had one valve yeah but gabe yeah thanks gaben anyway the, the art style is great. It's very cute. It's very quaint. It's very cozy. And it. the big thing that really sold me on it, outside of all that stuff, was just the open world exploration of it. You know how I feel about open world exploration, just being able to walk around and explore. And it was really good. I'd say check out the trailer. Uh, it's on YouTube. A short hike is what it's called. It's only eight bucks. It's on every platform. It's a good you know two to five hours of gameplay for you. Just a little fun thing to play. So that's what I played this week, and I really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to everybody. It might even, it, it's way past the year it came out, but it, I enjoyed it so much, it might even be a Game of the Year contender for me three years ago. Oh, okay. Let me okay. get back in time and go play that. It was very, very good. Uh, but that's what you know I what, played this week. You know what is better than $8? Jeff has forgotten because he used to do this all the time. Okay. I still do it. Every week, Epic has free games on it. This was one of those free games. So I had gotten this and played it a couple months ago. I don't know why Jeff has stopped getting all the free games on Epic. I just, I guess he likes paying. I guess Jeff just likes paying money. It makes him feel good. It just gives him a warm feeling. But Jeff, you need to get back on going to the Epic Game Store every You're week. just cheap. What are you talking just, about? Well, it's as worth eighty dollars, Jeff. It's what's that? <laughs> the cost of a Big Mac combo at McDonald's? It's the same thing. It, it's like, worth the right $80. now. 
you can get Wolfenstein the New Order, which is normally $20. You can get it for free, and tomorrow it goes back to being $20. So, Jeff, okay. I encourage you to continue going back to the Epic Store every day like I do. Just to check and see, because you can get gems like a short hike. Hmm. Okay. Pay the $8, Jeff. This was made by one individual person. I might, I might even have it and not know. Adam Robinson, you. <laughs> Shout out, friend of the show. And he even says at the bottom of the website, thanks to all my friends and family who have supported me and helped make this game possible. Give, give him eight bucks, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> you can spare eight bucks. Yeah. I'll have to get to it. <laughs> you have to you flip some couch cushions, mm-hmm. find some change. Uh-huh. You'll be all right. Yeah, I'll spar uh, it from Factor. All right. Any other games this week, or was that it? Let's uh, talk about a game that me and Jeff played next week, uh, but we'll just give you a tease. The game is called GeoGuessr. We're gonna be we're gonna tell you all about the fun that we had next week. Yeah, a little fun. Right. And I think we're gonna have a news-heavy show next week. That's so true. And next week, the Quarry comes out. Highly yes. anticipated game. Everybody here behind the desks at the Sandbox Gamers, so we'll all be in playing that one as well. So get that game so you can understand what we're talking about because we're probably <laughs> going to spoil it because it is a story-driven game. So, hey, you. The quarry. Get that game. <laughs> yes. And I think that's about it for this week's episode of the Sandbox Gamers. But hold on! Don't turn off the podcast yet. I have some important things to tell you. Did you know that the Sandbox Gamers is part of the Geek So To Speak podcast network? Well, now you do. What is the Geek So To Speak podcast network? Well, it's what you're listening to right now. The Sandbox Gamer is the number one video game podcast on the Geek So To Speak podcast network. But it also has We Love Comics, starring our very own Vactor, where every week he's talking to you about the latest and greatest in the world of comic books. The most recent episode had a special guest, Jorphy, Justin Jorphy. Am I saying his last name right? That is correct. Although yes. we actually did record another episode last night. Um, oh, so, so I was the wrong. Jorfie, <laughs> the Jorphy episode is out there talking about IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. And then the one we recorded yesterday, we talked about um, Saifu, which is a science fiction kung fu comic. And then I talked about The Amazing Spider-Man number two. And you're not going to believe this, Rob. Mm-hmm. Today, The Amazing Spider-Man number three came out. I just reviewed number two, and number <laughs> three is out today. That's so, how they get you, uh, man. Are they, still putting them, uh, are they still putting out Amazing Spider-Mans two a month? Is that what it is? They're they're kind of changing it. They just rebooted it. Um, at, or they restart, renumbered it at number one a couple months ago. So now they're they're changing it up. But um, they're no longer doing the, the two at a time. Excellent. See, this is all facts you would all know if you're listening to We Love Comics every week on the Geek So To Speak podcast network. We also have Treknological, which is our weekly Star Trek-focused podcast talking about the brand new season of the brand new Star Trek show. Star Trek Brave New Worlds? Question mark? <laughs> Did yeah. I get it Did it right? I've been, I've been misnaming that show every week. I'm a Trekkie. But I just haven't gotten to oh, it yet. Strange New World. You said Brave New World. Dang. Every one of these days I'm going to get that right. But don't don't let my misunderstanding of the title of the show 
let you think anything less of that podcast. You got two Star Trek experts, Shaw, the co-host with the most, and Vactor, plus special guests every once in a while, talking about all the latest and greatest in the world of Star Trek. Also, there's the Geek So To Speak podcast, which is your source for all things geek. It's currently on a hiatus. But all the back episodes, 200 back episodes to be exact, are available and ready for your ears anywhere you get your podcasts. Talking movies, TV shows, comic books, trailers, video games, geek news, and everything in between. And we do recommend checking those out so you're ready. You're caught up for Geek So To Speak's triumphant return. When is that? You may ask. Well, that's TBD, but don't you worry. Don't you worry, your pretty little heads, about that. You got you got podcasts to listen to. Uh, if you want to follow the Sandbox Gamers on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Sandbox Gamer Pod. You can find us on Instagram at the Sandbox Gamers. Linktree forward slash the Sandbox Gamers for all the links, or just check the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends, and we'll be back next week talking the summer of games. The quarry and everything in between. GG, everybody. GG. GG's. Don't poop in the sandbox. <laughs>